Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's message, Fishing. Our text, Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 18th through the 22nd verses. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. One of the most meaningful trips I've ever taken was several years ago when I went to Israel with a church group. Our tour began with a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee that ended on shore at the Yilgan Alon Museum, where an ancient fishing boat is on display. The boat was pulled from the mud during a drought back in 1986. It measures about 25 feet long, 3 feet wide, and it could comfortably hold about 15 people. It's estimated to be 2,000 years old. Now, there's nothing to link this directly to Jesus, but it's easy to look at this boat uh, that's, that's weathered many storms and imagine it as one of the many boats he may have used when he ministered in this area. It also reminds us what kind of people were called to be his disciples. Hundreds of folks, thousands of folks followed Jesus back then, but he chose only 12 to be his closest disciples. And, you know, you think about what were the qualities that they had that that got his attention? What does it take to be a disciple? We can easily become confused with this question. There's always the danger of, of thinking about these disciples as astonishing, unusual people, as great writers and scholars and religious zealots waiting for the Messiah to come along so they could help take over the world. And indeed, that is partly the approach of Matthew's gospel, that Jesus is the long-awaited king, a new Moses who has come to fulfill divine prophecy and promise to set up the kingdom of heaven. But we can look at these closest companions with great awe and respect. You know know that because all the churches around Boston and all over the world are named for them. Uh, St. Mark's, St. John's, St. Matthew's, uh, St. Paul's. Uh, To be a proselyte, though, a student of Jesus, historically, is considered among the highest honors. And they're, they're all considered sacred. But in real time, that's not who they were. Now, we know that Matthew was a tax collector. Simon the Zealot was a low-level political activist. He was like a neighborhood, community organizers. It's speculated that Judas was some kind of money man, perhaps an accountant, but not necessarily high-level by any means. The first four men that Jesus selected, uh, Simon, who was called Peter, 
Andrew, his brother, and the other brothers, James and John, were all fishermen. Fishermen. It's interesting that Jesus would choose fishermen to be the first of his disciples. And it's just as interesting that they would follow him because fishermen had pretty decent jobs. Fish were, were plentiful. People would always want them. So there, there was no problem of worrying if, if their product would be accepted. Why would they drop this lucrative work? And it was hard work, blue-collar work, but why would they drop it and follow Jesus? Today, most people that I know want to know exactly where this job is going to take me. You can go to life coaches and you can go to career counselors and even preachers will advise you to lay out a strategy, to have a guideline of where you want to go and how you want to get there. Uh, you know, the church people do that. We work on business plans and vision plans. This time of year, you know, uh, ministers come up with the vision for the year. But these working class stiffs, these fishermen had really no idea where this encounter would take them. Do you think that Peter knew that a huge church in Rome would be dedicated to his memory or that he himself would end up crucified? No, these guys didn't know that. They saw neither the pain nor the glory when that young man walked by that day on the, on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. They responded, I believe, to the immediacy of the moment. Now, God had a plan for them, and God knew where they were headed. But at that moment, they responded to what sang in their hearts, what tugged at their deepest, deepest longing. When Jesus called the disciples to go fishing for men, they had to make some pretty serious decisions rather quickly. Not only did they decide to follow him immediately, it, it, it says Peter and Andrew literally left their nets. James and John left their father. Whatever had been important to them up to this point now took a back seat to this call. Jesus' call required complete detachment from everything else. Now, that does not mean that everybody's required to leave that job or your family. I'm not interpreting this like that, though some people do. But it does mean you need a willingness to exchange your affections, your goals, your priorities for Jesus. You see, Jesus has now to become the priority, and this is the difficult part. Discipleship was never meant to be easy. Growing up in Christ is not easy. Giving your life to, to serve Christ has never been easy. Change has to happen, and that's the hard part. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on Giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on Giving. Thank you. God bless you. We're talking today about the difficulty of discipleship. Uh, you have to give up something to become something for God. And change has to happen. 
That's the definition of repentance. We have to take agency and responsibility for our actions. <laughs> yes, I did that. I'm sorry I did that. But that's not enough. You've got to turn away from that action and, and promise not to do it anymore and, and work on not doing it anymore. And that power is not necessarily yours. But you have to take agency and responsibility. That's the first step. There are many struggles and storms and seasons of suffering that we go through in this walk. But regardless of what we go through, we are still called to follow Jesus. You know, the first sign of something hard, and some of us are ready to bolt, to, to fall back to our old ways. We get too caught up in the context of, of, of healing, and, and too little do we think about obeying. The fishing of which God speaks involves obedience. So that's why it's so important to probe who these people were. If we start thinking the only reason they were chosen as disciples was because they were so special, then we may miss God's call. God calls ordinary people to do extraordinary work. These fishermen represented the working stiffs. They were the small businessmen of their day. Uh, they worked as families. They didn't work for huge profits. They made enough probably to live on and have a little something left over. They were not formally educated. They had no credentials as pastors or, or rabbis. Jesus could have chosen the most important and powerful people around. But instead, he chose ordinary folks throughout the Bible. This is how God gets most of his work done. Remember, David was a shepherd. Moses was born into a family of Hebrew slaves. Mary was a poor country girl. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, reminds those who have been called that not many were wise by human standards. Not many were influential or of noble birth. You see, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. You see, Jesus does not want folks who think they're all of that in a bag of chips. He wants the lowly. He wants the humble. Why? You say, well, Reverend Liz, what, what would that do for, for Jesus? Well, people like this are teachable. These people that, that were Jesus' first disciples worked on the water, so they knew they didn't know everything. Because when you work in the ocean, when you work in the water, there's always going to be a new situation, a new challenge, a new possibility. And, and if you get too cocky in a boat, I don't know if you spent much time out on the ocean, but uh, if you get too cocky on a boat, you can not only not catch fish, you could die. I remember the film that probably... Uh, scared me more than any other films was The Perfect Storm. Back a long time ago now, uh, George Clooney was in that. I, I only saw it once, and I had nightmares about it because if you work on the water, you have to grow and respect the water because there's so much about the water that is out of your control. So these disciples were people who knew that already, and they were teachable. Being teachable means I realize my knowledge is incomplete. I don't know everything. There's a possibility I could even be wrong. Having a teachable spirit is really freedom. I don't always have to be right. Being teachable means you listen. Truth can come from many directions, not just your mouth. And being teachable means you're always looking for something to learn. 
Being teachable means I know God is not finished with any of us yet. Therefore, we can offer ourselves to God in each and every circumstance and ask God to teach us and shape us into the image of Christ. I want to be teachable. I want to be malleable for God. I don't want to be set and rigid. This is the only way I'm going to do it. And this is the only thing I'm going to do. And that's what these disciples were. The most important line in this text for the disciples and for you and me, lest you be concerned that you're not good enough, not smart enough, not righteous enough to serve God, is the statement Jesus made as he passed these fishermen. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So if you have this teachable spirit, if you're open to learning more about God, let Jesus take control and Jesus will do what is necessary in your life and through your life. And others will be blessed, and so will you. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign.